0: Welcome to Business Buzz, another lovely Chico afternoon. So glad you're able to tune in, and I think we're going to have a very entertaining show for you today. I have a special guest, and I also have some real good uh, news coming up uh, business-wise that I wanted to share with you here at the start. I've been talking about gold and silver quite a bit, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but my first topic is... The bond market, and I was trying to explain this before. I don't want to get too uh, complicated. There's a thing called the yield curve. And what happens is in a normal healthy economy, the long-term rates should be higher than the short-term rates. And there's a curved, if you look out at the longer-term bond rates, the graph of that would have a curve heading upward, which is a normal yield curve. What's happened is with this 10 years of zero interest rate policy, or now near zero with a few small token increases that they've done, what's happened is the yield curve has flattened. The interesting thing about a flat yield curve is that every time it happens, it's followed by a big stock market crash. The last two times it's been about a year after the yield curve either flattens or Called inverts when it goes backward, the stock market then crashes. And there's no way to predict the exact timing, but this is just now happening again. The yield curve is flattening. It's probably going to invert soon. When it does, that's a signal that there's probably a crash on the horizon. Of course, that's no guarantee. And I'm not a financial advisor, I'm just telling you what I've been reading and I want you to do your own homework and your own due diligence to see whether you uh, agree with what I say. I'm not telling you this is going to happen. I'm telling you that in the past it has happened, and nobody should be leaving all of their money at risk. Now, here's the problem. If you watch the bond market during the day, you'll see that the, the reason there is a bond market, as in, nobody's probably ever talked to you about this, Why do we have a bond market with all these trillions of dollars of bond futures and all these things? The theory and the reason we have these big markets is to have a price discovery mechanism so everybody knows what the price of something should be. That should apply to corn, wheat, gold, silver, bonds, foreign currency, a a normal Um, An unmanipulated market would end up with the result would be the fair value of what is being priced in the market. Here's the problem. If you watch the bond market every day, you'll see the same thing. The bonds will begin selling off, which is trying to push the interest rates up. Remember, when bonds prices go down, interest rates are going up. And every day the natural market wants to push interest rates up and sell bonds. But there's a mysterious entity, which I've said before is likely our Federal Reserve, coming in every day and buying up all the bonds that nobody wants to buy but everybody wants to sell. That is called quantitative easing. The problem is back in 2010, they publicly stated they were going to be buying bonds. Now they're buying bonds secretly. They're, not, they're publicly stating that they aren't buying bonds. But it's obvious that some central bank somewhere through our central bank is buying these bonds. That's creating a false market for a low interest rate bond that the, the real market would really love to see those bonds go up and up. If you, were, if you were thinking inflation is at least, I'm going to say it's at least 3%. In reality, it's probably close to 10. If inflation's 3% and you're getting ready to invest in a 10-year bond that pays 2.9%, which is the rate it was paying today earlier, are you making any money by buying something that's going to pay you 2.9% for the next 10 years, but inflation's at least 3%? Nobody is buying these bonds, but somebody is coming in and looking like they're buying these bonds. So what I'm saying is this is another factor of the stock market being propped up so that you don't pull your money out of the stock market. This is a, this is a process. It's going to be a, the probably will be the largest wealth transfer in history when uh, J- John and Mary Q public, which is you and me leaves our money in the stock market and it, crashes. We just lost our money and then our house prices will crash. When this happens, everything's going to go down, but uh, we weren't prepared. Well, some of us are. I'm just trying to let you know that this is how they do this stuff and it's very tricky and it's going to be very bad when the next crash happens. I can't tell you when that'll be. There was a bad one in 2000. There was a bad one in 08 and it's been uh, 10 years since then. That's all I can say and I'm not a financial advisor and I don't play one on television. Now my next subject is the answer to keeping your money safe as I've been telling you is gold and silver which have been real money for 5000 years. What's interesting is the price of silver in the last 2 or 3 days has gone up by about 7 or 8%. Uh, it's gone up a dollar an ounce and here's the situation. I actually recently bought uh, some silver because what I saw was the gold silver ratio is the way to watch this. When that gets over 80, in other words, when you can buy 80 ounces of silver or more for one ounce of gold, then it's time to sell your gold and buy silver. If the ratio goes down low, then it's time to sell silver and buy gold. 80 to 1, it was up about 82 to 1 a week or two ago, and I knew it was a good time to buy. So the only way that ratio can get fixed back to a normal level is, number one, either silver's got to go up or, number two, gold's got to go down. Well, I personally don't think gold's going to go down very far, so that led me to believe that silver was going to go up. It did. Uh, I made a good timing thing. I'm pretty happy about that. The other thing about when I say that dollars are depreciating with inflation, I've talked to you before about the problem in Venezuela where the Venezuelan bolivar, which is their currency, is virtually worthless. And about two weeks ago, before I came in to do the show, I looked up the price of silver in bolivars. And a couple of weeks ago, it had gone to 845,000 bolivars per ounce. I looked at it today just because I knew I was going to be talking to you about it on this show. It's now over a million bolivars per ounce. So here's what's happening. The price of silver is up about 7%, but the bolivar price is up about uh, 20-something percent, maybe 25%. What that means is that at the same time, silver has gone up in dollars, but bolivars have gone down. So what's happening there is it's called hyperinflation. Their currency is virtually worthless. Nobody wants it, so there's no demand for it. So therefore, the value is down. If we were to have hyperinflation here, the same thing would happen. Silver and gold would be worth magnitudes more than they are now in dollars, and you would have protected your dollars that are sitting in the bank if we end up having hyperinflation. The other example of that was Germany in the early 1920s. At that point, when the German mark went to virtually zero of value, the price of silver went to like a trillion marks per ounce. Because when the denominator goes to zero, which is paper money, the, uh, the numerator, the number on top, goes to in, the fraction goes to infinity. So that was just my little comment today about uh, the bond market and the precious metals market. I'm actually ready to thank the Central Bank and the uh, Futures Trading Commission for not cracking down on the manipulators because it's enabling all of us that are smart to go out and buy some more gold while it's cheap. And I won't criticize them anymore. I'll just keep being, uh, you know, trying to advise you that you should have at least some of your money in precious metals, because that is going to be the savior for your portfolio when uh, stuff happens and the dollar's uh, value goes down, which it's which is bound to happen. Now, I've promised you a special guest today. She's a returning guest. My guest is Sherry Jones. We're going to talk about her progressively. It's getting to be a reality now. And she's starting a very important nonprofit, and we're going to talk to her about that today and it's a local Chico charity, so I'm going to introduce Sherry Jones. Hi, Sherry. How are you?:
1: Good morning, Harold. I'm great. How Good. are you?
0: Oh fine, fine. Good to see you. Thanks for coming.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I finally got over my tax season, so I can actually breathe be, be, yeah <laughs> I can be here without <laughs> canceling out on anybody, so that that works out great so We talked about this, it's been a month or two, so tell us about your charity and who it's helping and why it's a good thing and uh, give us a good overview of that.
1: Okay, so Fostering Hope for Youth, and I'm starting this charity to help the underserved children in the foster system. And for people who don't know who those kids are, they're children who have been in homes where they've been abused um, sexually, physically, or just flat-out neglected, then the government comes in, takes them out of the only home they know, puts them into another home. Sometimes the kids get moved again and again. Um, So these kids just, they don't have much of a foundation, and they're really in need of a lot of services, since the government really can't do absolutely everything for them they need to do. And we really need to do something about getting a lot, getting more foster homes with um, loving parents in there. So our mission is to improve the lives of children in the foster system by providing resources that allow them to experience success in learning and in life.
0: So you're going to, and now the geographic area of your particular charity, is it pretty much Butte County or could it go even further, farther?
1: Well, for the preschool part, that's going to be Butte County. Specifically, we're going to start in Chico. For the older youth that we will be helping, that will most likely just be mostly online, through online resources. That way, um, any family in America can utilize that resource.
0: Okay, so the physical part of it is that you're going to have preschool. Are you going to set up preschools, or are you going to help them get to preschools?
1: We would like to set up a preschool. It would be a free preschool for foster children only.
0: Oh, is there one of those yet in Butte County?
1: As far as I know, there isn't one yet in America. So this should be, as far as I know, the first of its kind.
0: Oh, so this could be something that could really lead to a lot of more uh, help all around.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. If there's one in every county or every state, that would absolutely be beneficial for all these kids.
0: So right now a foster child who's young might not even be able to get to a preschool because there isn't any help for them. Is that what we're looking at?
1: Part of the problem is preschool for anybody who has little kids knows how pricey it can be. I mean, you're looking at 350 to $500 for one child to go to preschool. Well, per month, per month. Right. Absolutely. And as a parent, that's a lot of money. I mean, some parents actually have to decide whether they're going to put their kid in preschool or to stay home and not work because that can really be taxing on somebody's income. So if you have foster children in your home, say you have two or three foster kids, you could be looking at $1,500, and the state doesn't pay for that. They do have, excuse me, the Head Start preschools but they're so impacted by low-income families that there really isn't that much room or any room at all for foster children.
0: So the foster, yeah, there's no way a foster family would necessarily be able to afford, unless they happen to be wealthy, which most of them probably aren't. Correct. Yeah, so so you might be able to, you're working at trying to maybe set up a preschool in Chico? Yes. That yes. would h- handle all the foster kids and your organization would basically cover the costs.
1: Yeah, we would like to start one up and cover the cost of the teacher, the director, the facilities, everything. And hopefully we're going to be able to achieve that by partnering with perhaps another business or with the church to keep the overhead down.
0: Like for the location or something?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Because the overhead can be um, that's probably going to be the biggest expense when it comes to the preschool. Yep. So we'll have a preschool just for the kids. That way there's no cost to the foster parents. That way the foster parents, they don't have to worry about the financial liability or the cost of putting these kids in school, which is going to help them ultimately.
0: Wow. Well, here comes that first break. So we're going to come right back with Sherry Jones, and we're going to dig in a little deeper to what this charity is going to be able to do to help kids in Butte County, so stay tuned to Business Bones.
2: Rock House Dining and Espresso, where they're known for their patio. You can enjoy the ducks and chickens visiting the patio in the environmental, farm fresh, and lively atmosphere. An iconic landmark in Butte County since the 1930s. Rock House is located only two miles past the hardware store, in Yankee Hill, on Highway 70. Originally built in 1937, Rock House has served as a restaurant, tavern, shower house, barbershop, a gas station, and a cafe, serving yummy and creative vegetarian offerings as well as a fantastic Reuben and French dip sandwich. Yum! Don't forget the awesome iced coffee and fruit smoothies! Rockhouse is looking forward to hosting more Christian musicians and organizing a Christian music jam night. That's Rockhouse Dining and Espresso on Highway 70 in Yankee Hill.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. We're here with Sherry Jones. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Glad to be out of the uh, long tax season that just ended a couple days ago. It was kind of fun because the IRS messed up and they had to extend their tax season by one additional day. And that's never happened in the history of tax since at least 1980 when I started. So that was uh, really fun. I got one extra day to go back and double check and make sure I didn't miss anybody, which is always my main. Uh, uh, thing keeping me awake at night when I get done with a tax season. So Sherry's here talking about, uh, her new charity in Chico. That's going to help foster kids and foster kids of all ages, but, uh, especially some local young foster children. Now, if there were listeners that wanted to find out how to make a donation, can you give them some details of how they could donate to your, uh, new charity?
1: Absolutely. So um, for anybody who wants to get in touch with us or find out more about us, they can visit fosteringhopeforyouth.com. They can also email us at fhfy at com, or they can find us on Facebook. All I have to do is type in Worthy Children. So for listeners who want to help break the cycle of poverty and homelessness, they can make a donation via our website, fosteringhopeforyouth.com. com.
0: Wow. And that donation is a a tax-deductible donation. Is that correct?
1: Correct, correct. We have a fiscal sponsor right now, North Valley Community Foundation. Right. Yep, they're a wonderful organization. They help people like me who want to help make the world a better place. They allow us, um, once we're signed up with them, for anybody who makes a donation, that donation is now tax-deductible.
0: Great. Yeah, I wanted to interject. A lot of people have had questions about the new tax law, and what it is is that the standard deduction has gone higher, so there are a few people who might have uh, not been itemizing before, I mean, might have been itemizing before that aren't itemizing now, but the main thing about the 2018 tax law, and of course you need to consult a tax professional to get the answer for this, Not this is not an answer that applies to everybody, but generally, the main thing about the law is that it did not touch, in fact, it even enhanced in an in a esoteric way that most people don't need to worry about. It did not take away the tax deductibility of charitable contributions. So if you hear about somebody that says, oh, those aren't deductible anymore, there are person-by-person situations where it might not help, but it is still a legal tax deduction and it's still one of the best one out there because I just got done doing all these taxes. And one thing that always strikes me when I talk to people about taxes is there's only so many things you can do to lower your tax. One of those is charitable contribution. So it's all, and I always encourage people when, if they ask me, I don't go preaching stuff, but if people ask me about charities and what I like, I always tell them to get involved with a local charity. I I'm not big on the nationwide, you know, um, what are these, United Way, and uh, some of them do some good, but I've heard so many bad stories about where the money goes with some of these national ones. Have you heard about those, Sherry, sometimes? Oh,
1: yes, I have too. I've heard stories where um, the CEOs or presidents are the ones who are benefiting from all the money that's coming in and it's not going act- actually out to the cause.
0: Right. I recall yep. one story a few years ago. I believe it was the Wounded Warrior Project and they got kind of busted for throwing a giant hotel party for their convention, and they kind of got in trouble because people send them money assuming it's going to these charity works. I just think the local charities are the way to go, and Sherry's got one here that's really going to help. I mean, I can't think of anybody who would not be for helping young children locally get a foothold, get their education better, get their meals better. I'm assuming you're if you had a daycare, uh, what do you call it? The first, the preschool. preschool. Yeah. Preschool. If you have a preschool, you'll also be able to feed kids in the morning. Is that normally what they would do?
1: Oh, well, that's something that we're going to do. Definitely. Because a lot of um, the kids, when they're taken away, one of the problems they have is not being fed. And so for them, sometimes the, their focus is on, you know, just trying to find food. So right. They need... can't
0: focus on their schoolwork when they're starving.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things we'll do when they first come in is make sure that everybody's fed, well-rested, and work on the rest of the day. We want them to realize that that's not something that they're going to have to be concerned about anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. It'd be impossible for a child to do well in school if they're starving. Absolutely, and that probably does happen all the time, right?
1: It does more than anybody likes to admit.
0: Right? Yeah, I, uh, I know. I mean, Chico itself is doing well, but I'm sure there's still lots of poverty problems. And I mean, I see the homeless all the time, but I don't necessarily see the the families with the low incomes. But they're they're everywhere, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yep. We have a huge um, low income ratio in Butte County.
0: Now that leads to kids needing foster care, like you were saying, right? Uh, They're in a, they're in a home where not only are they, maybe they could being, being abused, but they also might not be being fed.
1: Correct. Correct. The neglect is one of the problems why um, kids get taken away. They're not fed. They're not loved. Worst case scenarios, they're physically abused, sexually abused, heard stories about kids who are actually locked in boxes, locked in closets. i mean, these are obviously just awful scenarios. I mean some of these stories are what scary movies are made of.
0: Right. Now yeah. I've heard of some of those on the news. Have those come up in Butte County or in other counties?
1: Um most of the stories I know of locally are kids who are taken away because their parents are drug addicts oh, or okay. maybe sell drugs, right. which is so child they get endangerment. Arrested, they, yeah.
0: they automatically need to remove the children. Yes. Right. Yes. Wow. So that is, so there is always a high amount of new foster kids that need help. Is that right? Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. The amount it, it goes up and down. Uh, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. So the numbers usually start off at like 400,000 kids in the United States who are in foster care, the number has gone up to over 600,000 at some point in time. And there's definitely times where it's cyclical. Right. Before school starts and during the holidays, those are peak times.
0: Wow. And yeah, and of course, if there's 600,000 in the system, there's probably another 600 that need to be in the system, but they just haven't, the parents haven't gotten arrested yet. Correct. Something like that. Yeah, it's pretty sad with the when you see kids not getting a chance, that's uh, that's why your charity can really help. So what are your primary goals with this new charity? And let's give the name of that charity again while we're starting on another topic.
1: It's Fostering Hope for Youth.
0: And that's the website, fosteringhopeforyouth.com. Yes. Great. Yeah. So what are the goals? I know you're trying to get the preschool thing going. What else do you have cooking?
1: Right. So goal number one is to create the free preschool. Um Hopefully, our vision is to have it up and running within a couple years. The foster children, their needs are a little bit different than those of other kids because of the trauma they've experienced at a young age. So for us at our preschool, along with teaching them the basics of their letters, numbers, colors, and introducing science, we're also going to be... um, working with them on communication, learning how to express their emotions, learning healthy boundaries, and also developing their personal identity. That's goal number one. The second goal is the opposite end of the spectrum, which is teens. So for them, it'll be a readiness for independent living to help prevent homelessness because prevention is going to be key. And estimated that about half of all aged-out youth um, – become homeless within two to four years and so so those
0: are the ones that turn 18 and if they can't go on to school or something they yeah they they end up home half of them end up homeless
1: yes they do and one of the really nice things more and more states are um, changing that age to 21 oh good to be able to stay in the system and if a child decides they want child i shouldn't say child (laughs) a teen or youth decides they want to take a chance and do it on their own because they're tired of feeling like they're being controlled by the system. You know, I mean, because they are. There are a lot of restrictions placed on the foster parents as you have these kids, but it's for their safety. Um, Yeah. Just forgot where I was going with that. That's fine. We were
0: just talking about the aging out when the kids turn 18. They're changing that to 21.
1: Right. So if they decide they want to go out on their own, say they're out for a year or two, struggling, can't make it, they can actually come back into a foster home.
0: Great. Well, we're yeah. going to get back into that at the end of the break, so stay tuned to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA, talking to Sherry Jones. We'll be right back.
3: Praise the Lord. I'm Sharon Knotts, inviting you to join me and my dad, R.G. Hardy, on The Sound of Faith mornings at 10 here on KKXX. If you are drawn to inspirational preaching, informative in-depth teaching, and biblical perspectives to current issues under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then Sound of Faith is perfect for you, because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 10 o'clock weekday mornings here on KKXX, Chico's Christian Radio. What's in your radio?
2: What's in your radio?
3: What's in your radio goes into your ears?
2: Into your head.
3: Into your heart. What's
2: in your radio goes Goes into, into your life?
3: What's in your radio when you listen to our station? Good stuff. The stuff you want.
4: Going first into your ears, then to your mind, then to your heart.
3: Radio you want in your life. Life
4: Radio, KKXX AM and FM. brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn CPA, so glad you're able to be here with me this afternoon along with Sherry Jones. And we were just talking about her goals, and they're quite lofty, but they're very doable because she's a doer and she's in the process of doing them. So I think I might know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Are you looking for volunteers?
1: (gasps) Why, yes, I am. Thanks (laughs) for asking. (laughs) Right. I think every uh, charitable organization is always looking for volunteers. So um, Anyway, so I would actually like to say hello to our newest volunteer is mickey hey, mickey. hey
4: really? mickey
1: exactly i told myself i wasn't going to break into the little song <laughs> I'll try not to i'll save the listeners from having to hear me sing but um <laughs> to get back to it yes we do still need volunteers and specifically we are looking for people to help us with the social media and um, help us with specific fundraising projects with public relations um, also looking for another um, contributing writer for articles for the website, and a volunteer coordinator to make sure all the volunteers are coordinated.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and maybe a little volunteer tax help now and then.
1: Oh, absolutely. Tax
0: preparation. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. That's where my friend Harold comes in. That's
0: right. No, I, uh, I've, I've been doing charity tax returns for a long time. I've been well. I've been doing taxes for almost forty years now, but. Every year I end up doing a couple of these, and it's always nice to know that you're helping. What I think the IRS has done is really good. They've made the filing very simple for charities that don't have large amounts of, of gross income. So in the first year or two, uh, charities can kind of get, I won't say get away, but they can, they can get away with less tax prep work because it's a very simple form. And so that's the good thing about new charities uh, if their income isn't high yet, uh, they really do get a pretty easy form to fill out. And of course, uh, your goal would be to get a complicated form because you'll be taking in so many donations, right? And so much money, absolutely. Down the road. Yes, right. we're going to go for that right. complication. That's right. That's right. Now, uh, now, who else can, did you want to give a shout out to as far as people who have helped you and people who you know are listening today?
1: Oh yes so i would like to give a shout out to all the awesome ladies and gents working at the downtown salvation army love you guys they're my daytime family and they're always a positive and supportive of my dream to help these children who've been traumatized and abused go salvation army
0: and you work at the salvation army
1: i do wow. i do love that organization it's wonderful they do so much to help their community um and with uh, everybody downtown, we do a lot of work with the homeless, um, for the homeless, <laughs> for helping people who need uh, just extra help when money is really tight. Salvation like, like Army a, is great.
0: Do, does Salvation Army have a way to help with, like, clothing from the thrift store? Do they donate that sometimes? to
1: Absolutely. So the way that is handled is people can go to the office, Salvation Army office, which is on 9th, I believe, near the Valero gas station. And um, you just need an ID. You talk to them about what your situation is. They give you a voucher. And the voucher, with the voucher, they go to the downtown store, the warehouse. And it it lets them get clothing and supplies for free. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful resource for people who need it.
0: So in the wintertime, that's really going to help.
1: Yes. Yeah. In fact, don't blankets. Have a, jacket or a yes, blanket. Yes. Absolutely. Wow.
0: I know. of I have a acquaintance who passes out socks downtown.
1: Oh, well, that's voluntary. a great idea.
0: Well, he he owns a retail store, and he actually passes out socks. I believe I ran into him on Christmas Eve, and they were handing out pairs of socks.
1: What a great idea! They absolutely we see a lot of homeless people who come in who don't have socks right or the socks have holes in them so absolutely
0: yeah yeah the feet feet is really a problem for these people i know i mean you know they if they don't have the right shoes they're going to have blisters and they're going to mess themselves up right feet can be
1: cold have issues with their feet and then um I still have two other shout-outs I want to do. One I want to do to Rob, my friend, for being a personal supporter of mine and for taking the time last night to print up a 385-page book, a nonprofit book for me. Wow. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Big undertaking for him. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, That really means a lot to me. And also to BSN Tech for building our website. And whenever I have questions and need changes on there, Brian um, at BSN Tech, Always gets it done, gets it done fast. Anybody who needs a website built, I totally recommend BSN Tech to do that. That's my shout-out list.
0: Oh, great. BSN Tech. Yes. And they're in Chico? Um,
1: yeah. Actually, I don't know where they are. Okay. They're on.
0: You use them online. Yes, absolutely. Do okay. everything BSN online. BSN Tech. Yeah. Did they give you a little price break? Is that the deal? Or?
1: Yes. And whenever I have stuff done, Brian just does it. Oh, doesn't great. charge me for it. Wonderful company, absolutely.
0: Right. Yeah, I have website help that's I've never met. They're thousands of miles <laughs> away. It's. Uh, I mean, I don't have enough website help to to have a full time local guy helping me. It gets expensive. Pla- sure. Places like build.com, you know, they probably budget, you know, hundred thousand a year just to maintain their website. Right. Which makes sense, but for a small business like mine that really isn't web based, mm. I just need you know, some hourly help now and then with uh, teaching me how to change things. So it's, but that's great. BSN Tech. I'll have to look them up and read about them.
1: Yeah, you'll like them.
0: Yeah. So uh, do you have a question for me?
1: Yes, I do. And so for my knowledge and for listeners, and this has to do with buying goods from charities. So like a lot of us, we sell, you know, books, T-shirts and other items, but... For my example, I'll say books because, as you know, I'm a writer. Right. So we plan on having a couple kids' books, and the money that the books bring in is going to go completely towards the charity, toward helping fund it. So if somebody buys the book, say it's $5 for the cost of the book, are they able to to use it as a tax deduction?
0: That's a good question. The rule of that is that if they buy a book from you, if they pay the fair market value for the book, they've essentially got the book for the correct amount they paid and they don't get a charitable deduction. But if you, and I'm not sure, I'll have to look up for you how we can make this work, but I believe you could sell a book like that and say, this book is $5, but if you pay $10, you're entitled to a $5 charitable donation. And that might be a way for you to make the price something they would rather pay more in that respect. But technically, everybody who makes a charitable donation should only list the amount of a donation over and above the fair market value of what they get. A real quick example of that would be if you go to a charity dinner and you have an auction where you bid on something worth about 50 bucks, but you bid it up to $500, you're entitled to the $450 as a charitable donation because you went over the fair market value. That's a great question.
1: Okay. And good to know that answer. I'm sure that's going to help a lot of other people. So what if we say, if somebody donates $5 to us and we give them essentially the book for free for their donation, can they then?
0: That still would be technically, that's like a subscription. If you donate $100 and get a a monthly magazine, there's a value to that you have to deduct. What I would do is I would set the value lower than the $5 because your $5 example is your retail price. But the actual fair market value might be 2 or $3. So you could just set that as being a lower price.
1: Okay. It, so, it
0: can be figured out. Okay. Yeah.
1: Perfect. You're going to help me with that. Yeah, I know you yeah. are.
0: And you know, what <laughs> I have noticed is when people do charitable donations. In general, you would think it's all about the tax deduction, but when it comes down to it, they're doing the donation for the donation, most of them. It really is.
1: Well, that's what we're hoping for.
0: Now, the other thing I can fill you in on and the listeners is if somebody really has an idea that they, if they really have a real big need to help uh, foster kids like this organization will do, There are ways, and I won't go into detail because it's kind of complicated. There are ways that you can donate things instead of money and you can end up giving something to this charity and you can get a giant tax deduction when you only paid a small amount for it. And that's as far as I'll go because that's like tax advice and it's too complicated on the uh, show here. But there are ways that people can donate like land, houses, And they do it all the time to places like schools. If you guys can meet up the right kind of people, you could theoretically get giant donations and the people can get giant tax write-offs, but we'll have to go into that later.
1: Okay. Sounds great. Thank you.
0: So um, now if they want to learn more about your organization, uh, we're going to come up on that next break in about a minute. What's that website address again?
1: So, website address is fosteringhopeforyouth.com and they can also reach us at through our email at fhfy at mail.com, or they can reach out to us on Facebook, and all they have to do is type in Worthy Children, and our Facebook page will come up.
0: Now, mail.com, that's not Gmail, that's mail.com.
1: Yep, absolutely. Okay. F-H-F-Y at mail.com.
0: F-H-F-Y fostering hope for youth yes. f-h-f-y yep. at mail.com well it doesn't get much easier than that
1: absolutely that was the idea <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> so facebook you type in worthy children and yours comes up yep wow yep
1: or they can type in fostering hope for youth and right. that'll pop up too right. but worthy right. children's faster
0: that's great wow you've got it all <laughs> set up so um now and that would also be if they wanted to volunteer same same way they can just get in touch with you through the website
1: oh yeah absolutely through the website through facebook email absolutely so
0: you have right now if someone called you today you have something they could help you do is that right yes yeah
1: yeah yep that list that uh went over helping help with social media um fundraising project or project ideas we're actually looking to come up with something i want something super creative for chico that has not been done before So if uh, any listeners out there have any ideas, let me know.
0: All you creative types.
1: Absolutely. Well,
0: I have an idea, but I'm not going to bring it up yet because I kind of stole it from somebody in the past. (laughs) But, I mean, he didn't have it patented. I'll, I'll share a little bit of that at the end of the break. So we're up for our last break. We'll see you back at Business Buzz, so stay tuned.
4: Just go to mergedgospels.com.
3: Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn CPA. I'm glad that you're here with me today. I really enjoy talking with people who are spending this much time helping charities. I think it's great. I've got a quick announcement. My seminar, I won't call it my seminar. It's actually a partnership that we're doing this through. I have a seminar coming up On May 15th at 6 p.m., it's at Unwind at 980, which is the old Blockbuster building. I used to try to describe where this building was, and it's like, wait, somebody told me, isn't that the old Blockbuster? It's like, well, now everybody knows right where it is. So it's becoming a pretty popular place to go. But what it is is this seminar is going to be Tuesday, May 15th from 6 to 9 p.m. It does The admission price is $97. It includes dinner what you are going to learn is you are going to learn how to get into the world of cryptocurrencies. We're not looking for your investment money. We're not looking to uh, you to give us anything more than the $97. We're going to teach you the nuts and bolts of the exact way you actually become a cryptocurrency trader. Now I say trader because people don't realize that the, the powers that be like i was talking about earlier with the bond market are now in the crypto market bringing those prices down uh, i can't guarantee this cuz you i wouldn't be able to show you a new york times article uh, detailing this because the new york times is part of the part of the group that's doing it what i'm trying to tell you is this latest round of declines in cryptocurrencies is just like the decline in gold and silver that has allowed smart people like us to buy some, and it's, it's probably the same thing in cryptocurrencies. Like I say, I'm not a financial advisor. It, this, is, this seminar is for entertainment purposes only, but you will learn a lot, and if you have any inkling of getting in and enjoying uh, the possibility of making real money with cryptocurrencies, this seminar will definitely be for you. I'm going to learn a lot too. I'm an amateur. The main speaker that I'll be, uh, hosting at this seminar is a expert who knows every in and out of how to, how to handle it, how to buy it, how to sell it, how to protect it, how to keep it in a cold wallet, how to keep it in a hot wallet. There's so many terms for it. I don't even know all this stuff yet, but you will learn and he will teach you, uh, things you need to know. So if you've ever had an interest in the cryptocurrency world, now's the time to get involved. I will give you more details. You can, ta- you can type in cryptocurrency investment seminar into Facebook, and that will take you, to- and also you can go to Eventbrite, and you can buy tickets there. I'll get you more details next time, but for now I want you to mark May 15th at 6 p.m. on your calendar for a very entertaining evening and a delicious dinner. The food there is quite good. I can vouch for that because I was there last week. It's a short walk from my office, so I can, I can make it there for dinner. No drinks during tax season, though. So, Sherry, back to, back to the, the whole thing with uh, the, the charity that's possibly going to be setting up uh, the first possibly uh, preschool for foster kids, which I think is amazing. Uh, what would be the picture of what the charity would look like five years from now if things go the way you plan, oh,
1: well, five years down the road, um, we should know by then just how needed this type of school is. We will have an idea of our success rate, and depending on the school's capacity, perhaps have a second one open. And if we have the funding, um, maybe even help other people in different states start up preschools there.
0: Right. You could, and just uh, even other counties in California could. Absolutely. What you're doing.
1: Absolutely, because by then we will have everything nailed down and can make an easy format for other people to copy.
0: Wow. So the other charities locally are there other charities we've talked about this before, but refresh me. Are there other charities locally that are solely there to help foster kids other than the actual agencies? I mean your your not that I know of. Right. Right. So so really there's this space where there aren't any direct help for foster kids through a local charity like you're starting.
1: Right, absolutely, right. absolutely. Very needed for um for these kids.
0: Right. Yeah. And you are a former foster mom, is that right?
1: Yes, yes. I was foster mom for a couple of years. Absolutely loved it. And um, one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Very happy, very proud proud to do it. Um, i met a lot of other people who really gave me a lot of positive feedback saying that they were, you know, looked up to me for being able to do that. And for me, it's just natural. I mean, how hard is it to love a kid? I mean, they're just, they're honest and they're loving and, you know, how do you not love a child like that?
0: Now, have you been fortunate enough to stay in touch with your former foster child or do they kind of go their own way sometimes or...
1: There is, there are a couple that when I run into across town, you know. They're still local? Into, yeah, oh, yeah. Good. It's hugs good. and how you doing and happy to see you oh, and yeah, yeah so positive you've, memories. You've, oh, yeah.
0: You've seen results from the help you gave them.
1: Uh, yes, right. yes,
0: yeah. Yeah, because the whole goal is just to get these kids a normal, normal life and a normal growing up. Right? Yeah, a
1: normal childhood. Right. You know, every child deserves to have a happy childhood and happy experiences and, a lot of these kids, they're traumatized. They don't have that. I mean, anybody would be traumatized if you were taken away from the only home you knew, from the only parents you knew, and you're forced to live with strangers.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. But in a lot of cases, the stranger's home is a lot better place to be than the original home.
1: A- absolutely. Absolutely. But kids don't necessarily see that. Sometimes it takes them a while.
0: Right. They yeah. don't understand that the, where they came from is not normal.
1: Absolutely. Right.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty amazing that um, it's pretty amazing how there's a whole group of people that some people never really know about or come into contact with. You know, the foster kids. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot. Some people have no idea. Um, foster kids, and I really would like to try and get away from calling them foster kids okay. because of that I'll, label. I'll help you do that. Okay. Oh, absolutely. So, um, children in the foster system. Okay. And unfortunately foster kids has gotten or foster parents, foster family, foster system has all developed a really negative connotation to it. Yeah. So, you know, and these kids shouldn't be labeled by their circumstances. Right. They're still kids. They're right. somebody's kids. They're just children grandkids. that happen absolutely. to be in the
0: system at this point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now,
0: how how many of these kids children can end up getting permanently placed or adopted? I know I've had clients in the past that have actually adopted their foster children?
1: You know, I don't know that statistic. That's a great question. I know um, the hope is always reunification for the kids with their families, but that's not possible with every family. Some parents really can't get their acts together or get over the drugs or whatever their problems are to be able to get the kids back so the kid's end up going um, up for adoption. But just because they're up for adoption doesn't necessarily mean they get adopted. Right. Unfortunately, some kids just end up spending their entire life in the system.
0: Hmm. And then that leads to them not having a place to go when they get aged out, like you say.
1: Yeah. Or not having a family. And I know for me personally, one of the things that I really want to do is to adopt a, you know, a youth or two, who's over 18, who's aged out of the system without a family, because I personally think everybody deserves to have a family. Everybody needs to have a place to call home. They need to have someone they can count on, you know, mom, stepmom, dad, adopted parent, whatever, that you can call, you know, if you're in trouble or if you need help or if you have a question or a place to go home to for the holidays or a place to go to hopefully – In between school semesters, you know, at college or whatnot. So that's going to be also one of my goals at some point in time.
0: Now, the thing about the 21 year old age for the aging out, when does that take effect? Is that proposed or is that going to be the law?
1: That's actually in place right now. Not all the states, but many of the states. California is one. The kids do not have to leave the homes at 18, they can stay. They can can
0: go if they want, obviously, because they're adults.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. or they can stay, I, can I stay guess it kind of depends system. on the relationship they have with their foster family at that right. time. but they
0: can yeah. stay in the system yes. until they're twenty-one. Over 21.
1: Until they're 21, yes.
0: Right. Yeah. Wow, that's a good thing then.
1: Oh, absolutely. It right. allows for three more years of time to mature and get past high school and try and get their life together, decide whether they want to work, go to school, do both. Absolutely.
0: Well, we're fortunate enough to have a great, a really wonderful uh, junior college nearby with butte college
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: child was 18 and he could stay in the foster system he could go to butte college and get a degree in two years yep absolutely 21
1: absolutely yeah
0: yeah that's what people need to get their future going absolutely that education
1: absolutely
0: yeah so do the schools work directly with the foster agencies or not no no there's no real connection there
1: um, not that I'm aware of. Um, right. Typically, if a child is having troubles in school, it's up to the foster parent to go in and communicate with... Just like
0: any, It's just like any yeah. parent, right?
1: Absolutely, right. absolutely. But they do have a lot of counselors, and if you just let the school know what the circumstances are, a lot of times they're very willing to help work with you and work with that child to help get them the services they need. Like perhaps they're having troubles with math to help... Um, Help them find a tutor that works well with them to help them succeed and pass in math.
0: Right, like maybe a discounted tutor or a free tutor? Free tutors. Like a high school kid kind of thing or something? Yeah,
1: um, there are some people who are just um, tutors who offer their services for free through the agencies or through the schools. Right. Yeah, all all the foster parents have to do is um, communicate with their social worker through the, um, the agency or through the school's and be on the lookout for those services for that child.
0: So when you have your, your preschool is kind of your, is that, that's kind of your main goal for the first year or two of this charity. I mean, is that sort of the main focus?
1: That's going to be my main focus and um, our volunteer Mickey for her, the homeless problem and the homeless youth is something that really touches her heart. That's something that she really wants to work on. So I'm going to try and, Um, help her and she and I are going to work together to try and fulfill that for her and to help the kids ongoing but yes for me directly it's initially going to be the preschool.
0: Now when you say homeless youth I am used to being on Mangrove for my office I'm used to seeing a lot of homeless adults and they usually are you can kind of identify them when they have a backpack and they seem to walk between Lindo Channel and Annie's Glen, you know, that's just kind of the area I'm in. But I don't see them with children, but I guess there are places like the Torres shelter where whole families are homeless. Is that right? I don't yeah. see homeless whole families too often.
1: Yeah. We, well, I personally don't see them too often either. But for the youth that we're um, discussing, are the teenagers, like maybe they've run away, they, they didn't like the foster family it wasn't working for them um they had too many problems whatever their reasons were they they may run away and they end up on the streets yeah absolutely
0: and then later they turn into 20 somethings that are still homeless and no no diploma
1: absolutely so we would like to find a way to try and help them resolve whatever their issues are help them find help and find what they need um, to get their life together and to succeed in life
0: yeah, that's, that's really a good goal, and it's a, a worthy endeavor. So we're coming up on the end of the show. I want to make sure you go over those contacts again, because anybody listening that might want to help in some way, shape, or form, uh, it's going to be real easy to contact Sherry and her organization. So tell us again what those contacts are.
1: So fosteringhopeforyouth.com, which is our website. That's also the place where you can go to make a donation. You can also contact me through the email, which is F-H-F-Y at mail.com. If you have questions, if you want to volunteer, if you have ideas, totally love to hear from any and all of you. Or you can also um, reach out to us through Facebook. All you have to do is type in Worthy Children and our Facebook page will come up and feel free to leave comments.
0: That's great. And don't forget that those donations are now f- tax deductible because you're part of the uh, what's that one called the,
1: the the North Valley Community Foundation. Right, right. I've heard yep. them
0: for years. I know a lot of a lot of my clients come to me and they say, "Hey, I'm starting a charity," and I always tell them, "Well, before you even start, talk to these people because they will tell you how to get legit."
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then later
0: you get on your own, but you don't have to get on your own immediately. You get on through them. And then down the road, you become your own charity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can learn a lot through them. They have a lot of resources. Absolutely. It's a great organization.
0: Right. Well, thanks for being here, Sherry. That's really good information. I encourage our listeners to get in touch with Sherry and help out some of those foster kids that need everybody. Everybody can appreciate the fact that those kids deserve help. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll see you next time on Business Buzz. KKXX, Paradise,
2: K280GL, Chico,
0: and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville.
3: With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. Some breaking news. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, a combative former prosecutor and longtime ally, President Trump is now joining the president's legal team dealing with the ongoing special counsel probe. Giuliani says he's doing it because he hopes we can negotiate an end to this for the good of the country and because... He has high regard for the president and for Bob Mueller. Giuliani joining the team along with two former federal prosecutors, Jane Serene Raskin and Marty Raskin, a couple who jointly run a Florida-based law firm. Meanwhile, U.S. Senator Tammy Duckworth makes history again. Ms. Duckworth, Miss Duckworth. Senator Duckworth is a military veteran who lost both of her legs in the Iraq War. She made history again when she appeared on the Senate floor for a vote in her wheelchair, carrying her 10-day-old daughter. Duckworth is the first U.S. senator to give birth while in office and the first to bring a child onto the Senate floor. Senate rules prohibited that, but the rules also require senators to vote in person. And since there's no official maternity leave for U.S. senators, lawmakers quickly passed a resolution that would allow Duckworth to bring her newborn with her. Senator Duckworth championed the resolution, saying she was concerned about being away from her newborn for long Stretches of time unable to nurse her. Linda Kenyon, Washington. The baby, by the way, was dressed in a onesie with a blazer, since blazers also are required by Senate rules. House Speaker Paul Ryan says President Trump's energy policy has resulted in a dramatic drop in U.S. dependence on foreign oil. The Wisconsin Republican says Mr. Trump's policy has also been great for the economy.
2: Millions of dollars going back into the American economy, jobs, you name it. Why?